Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32 verse 22. Glad also to see Brother Enoch, our dear brother who came up on the platform to greet me a moment ago. He's a minister of the gospel and also his companion, his friend. We're glad to have them in God's house. Brother Enoch, you're welcome and we're glad to see you. God bless you. And may the Lord be with you as we worship the Lord today. Genesis 32 and 22. And he arose that night and took his two wives and his two female servants. Don't even think about it. That was then. This is now. That was there. This is here. He rose that night and took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. And then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you best bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. But Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Say to your neighbor, I'm determined to be blessed. Say that to your neighbor just one more time. I am determined to be blessed. You may be seated. Bible indicates that Jacob confronted a visible manifestation of God. The text says nothing about this being a dream or a vision. It simply describes in detail a physical struggle between Jacob and a man whom Jacob soon recognized to be a theophany, a visible manifestation of God in physical form. First we note that Jacob was alone. He was all by himself. Sent everybody and everything to the other side of the river. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has a preferred ambience. Everybody has a preferred use of the time and the environment. And when an individual wants to create a certain environment adapted to his needs at that moment, it's sometimes necessary for him to be alone. Other things, others have things that they want to talk about. Others have music that they want to hear and games that they want to play. Sometimes you need to be by yourself. Certain personal endeavors, like concentrating, meditating, thinking creatively, artistic endeavors, writing, studying, and so on, they require periods of quietness, periods of solitude, Seeking a message from God, a revelation from God. Developing one's relationship with God requires some time alone with just you and God. Jesus the Christ spent time alone with God the Father, and he was the Son of God. Moses was alone on the mountain when God gave him the Pentateuch and 
the Ten Commandments. John was alone on the Isle of Patmos when he received the revelation from Jesus Christ. Gideon was alone when he heard God's message of deliverance for God's people. Peter was alone on the housetop when he saw the vision and received the revelation that Gentiles would be, would be included in the new covenant. There are many instances in the Bible when God's great work was conducted in the lives of individual people when they came to him alone, when they came to him in solitude. We're gregarious people. Human beings are gregarious. And they generally don't like to be alone. They don't like to be by themselves. But life sometimes places us in circumstances where we are alone. But when we are in those kinds of circumstances, we should all remember that some of man's greatest accomplishments grow out of the time that somebody spent alone. Jacob was alone. There are some things that God will do best in your life when he gets you alone with him. We need sometimes uninterrupted blocks of time alone. Jacob was alone. Sometimes so many other voices are speaking that you can't even hear the voice of Almighty God. So spend some time with God alone. Jacob was alone. He was alone at night. Sometimes easier to be alone at night than it is at any other time. Some of the things and people that might distract us and vie for our attention cease their activity at night. Visibility is restricted at night and thus it's easier to focus on things in which or with which we are specifically concerned. Jacob was alone. He was alone at night. He was alone all night. We're usually exhausted and in need of sleep at night. Only unusual and extreme circumstances would cause people to be active at the latest hours of the night and certainly all night. It is a night of sleep that provides strength for the challenge of tomorrow. But all this night, Jacob was alone. At night, all night, wrestling. He spent the night wrestling. Night is symbolic of emotional and situational darkness and trouble and sorrow and distress. Jacob's night was compounded by the fact that Esau, his brother, was on the way to meet him with an army, and Esau had pledged that he was going to kill Jacob. And so Jacob was wrestling. His night was overshadowed by the thought that the next day might bring great destruction and death to his family, to his possessions, and also might bring about his own demise. Jacob was also troubled by thoughts of purpose, troubled by thoughts of destiny, troubled by thoughts of significance. He had heard his father and his grandfather talk about the role and purpose that God had revealed for their family. He vaguely remembered a dream that he had had in which God promised to bless him and his seed and through them to bless all the families of the earth. But that had been more than 20 years before. More recently, God had told him to return to the land of his fathers, and God had given him a promise that he would be with him there. But Jacob yearned for more than this. He yearned for a confidence that he had not yet gained. He did not feel secure and confident. There were areas of deficiency in Jacob's life. 
every time his name was called, a negative accusation was made against him. His name meant usurper. His name meant heel holder, place taker, superseder. His name was a reflection of his identity, a reflection of his nature, and he needed an extreme makeover. He needed a new name. He was tired of taking what belonged to other folk. He wanted something for himself. He needed a new name, a new way of looking at himself, a new image in the eyes of the people that were around him. In other words, Jacob needed an inside job. There are many of you today, you've given intellectual assent to the promises and to the teachings of the word of God. But it seemed that God and his word are over there. And you over here trying to do the word all by yourself. You need this word to come alive on the inside of you. You need it to speak directly to you. You need some kind of way of synthesizing and unifying your faith so that your spiritual experience will be in harmony with you and with yourself and with your aspirations. So Jacob might well have said, I believe the dream I had 20 years ago, but God, I need you to make this thing real to me today. Someone here saying, I believe the word of God. I believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for me and rose again. I believe it, but somehow I need it to become real and significant in my life on today. So some of you can locate yourself in this experience of Jacob. You don't feel prepared to face the challenges of the future in your present state. Something stands before you that you know you cannot handle by yourself. Somebody in this room is right there with that future coming and looming before you and you don't know how you're going to handle it, how you're going to deal with it. You face challenges in your life and it seems that they may well overwhelm you and bring you down in defeat. Some of you can relate to Jacob because you're troubled by fear and you're troubled by uncertainty. You know you're saved, you know you love the Lord, but still there are anxieties and distresses in your life that just will not go away. Some of you can relate to Jacob because you're overwhelmed by the burdens of marriage, family, responsibility. And you could say like David, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Others among you can relate to Jacob because you're tired of struggling, tired of maneuvering, tired of strategizing by yourself. You feel drained and empty and your bag of tricks is empty. All of Jacob's options were exhausted. He had no plan, he had no solution. He had no exit strategy. He had reached the end of himself. I said some of you can relate to Jacob. You've attained materially, but you feel spiritually empty. You've catered to the flesh, the physical, but you've neglected the spiritual man, and now you're troubled by spiritual hunger and spiritual desire. Jacob prayed a beautiful prayer but that was not enough. Jacob claimed the covenant and believed the promise, but that was not enough for him. He knew deep in his spirit that there was more that God had in store for him. Is there anybody in here who just feels that God has to have something else in store for you, more in store? He knew that there was a higher height and a deeper depth. He knew that there was something else that he had not yet receive. Hosea gives us some insights into some of the things that Jacob did on that night. Turn to Hosea 12 and 3. See, this was not an arrogant, belligerent struggle. 
in which Jacob was so dominated and intimidated uh, uh, that God that God finally submitted uh, to Jacob's demand. Jacob was seeking and begging for favor. Jacob, with tears, was crying out to God. Hosea 12 and 3 says, but in his strength he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. And so Jacob was struggling. Jacob was crying. Jacob was begging and seeking for the favor of Almighty God. Let's consider the characteristics of this ordeal that Jacob went through. Is anybody still with me now? At some point, as Jacob began in the early stages of his night of prayer, God showed up. He manifested himself in the form of a man. Listen, if you pray, God will show up. Go tell your neighbor, if you keep on praying, God will show up. When Jacob looked at that form of a man, he knew that this was not just a man. It was God. Though the form, through the form of a man, God ministered to Jacob and he instructed Jacob and he strengthened Jacob and encouraged Jacob. And when he had done all this, the man stood to leave and said, all right now, I'm leaving. But when this man, this manifestation of God stood to leave, Jacob lunged forward, wrapped his arms around his legs and held on and began to beg for the blessing that he needed. I need a blessing. I need a blessing. The Bible says that he wrestled, but but. That might make you visualize the staged wrestling matches that you see on television. Don't think of them doing uh, body slams and half Nelsons and drop kicks. And I, I just want you to see Jacob holding on all night long and, 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 and God in the form of a man striving to get a loose from Jacob. But Jacob held on and held on and said, I won't let you go until you bless me. The word, transla the, the, the word translated wrestle means to get dusty or, or, to, get, or to make dusty. And, and, and we know three things about this, this ordeal. Number one, uh, they got dusty because they were wrestling on the ground. They struggled. And, and thirdly, we know that Jacob held on and said, I will not let you go. Even though the man said, let me go. The, the day is dawning. The light is, the sun is rising. Let me go. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. I'm determined to be blessed. The power that Jacob had was the power of the covenant. He had the power of the word of God. The power that he had was the power of God's grace and God's love. It was not Jacob's strength that enabled him to hold on. It was God's faithfulness to his word. Child of God, you can hold God to his word. Whatever God says, God is bound to do. Whatever God promised, God will perform. Whatever God indicates in his word, you can stand on it and believe it, and you can hold God to it. God, your word said thus and so, and I'm not going to let you go until you perform your word in my life. Clap your hands and give praise to God. Had the power of the word. He had the power of the covenant. God had committed himself to Abraham and to Isaac and also to Jacob. He had a covenant with him. And when God enters into covenant with us, God will stand by the covenant. He'll not leave us. He'll not forsake us. He'll not leave us ourselves alone, but he'll step on and step in and perform his covenant in our lives. Clap your hands and give praise to God. <laughs> Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God finishes what he starts. And so Jacob could hold on because God had started and God could be trusted to finish. As I've said, you can take hold of God by the word of God. So arm your spiritual arsenal and stock up in the word of God so that when you stand before God, you can say, God, your word says this and your word says that and I'm holding on to you and claiming the promise of your word. Clap your hands and give praise to God. <laughs> 
Luke 1.45 says, Blessed is she or he who believeth, for there shall be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Listen, tell your neighbor, there'll be a fulfillment of the things God has told you. It might have been years ago that God said that to you. It might have been a long time, but listen, it's going to happen. It's going to take place. Your miracle, your blessing is on the way. Hallelujah. Romans 4.21, being confident that what he has promised, he is also able to perform. God will perform it. I said God will uh, perform it. I said God will perform it. So Jacob held on all night long. He had to endure all night. He had to wait all night. He had to be patient all night. There are a lot of people who will party all night. So many will go to, the, 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 to, to this or that place all night, but they won't spend time waiting on God all night. But it took all night, and Jacob held on all night. His ordeal not only took all night, it involved a great struggle. It was both a physical struggle and a spiritual struggle. First, he had to wrestle with himself because he had Israel, Prince of God, and Jacob, heel holder, on the inside of him. And Israel had to defeat Jacob before his name could be changed to Israel. Listen, you've got to fight because there's something in you fighting against God's plan for your life, God's will for you. You've got to fight because there's something that rebels against God's word. And you've got to overcome that and cry out in your spirit, God, I don't care what other aspects of my nature and personality might be crying out for God. I know I need you. And I don't want to live without you. I want you to come into my life, into my heart, in my soul, in my spirit. So today we've got to wrestle with ourselves. Got to wrestle with our evil side, our selfish side, the flesh. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Your fleshly side focuses on and is responsive to physical things and, and material things. The flesh is this worldly in its orientation and, and the human mind seeks to assert its independence from you and from God. Your spiritual man is going to have to struggle against the flesh and overcome the flesh and the mind if you're going to survive. And so Jacob had to battle within himself until he so reached out to God and became so hungry for almighty God that he said flesh I don't care what you say I don't care what you want what we really need is God and we can't make it without him and God I'm stretching my hand to you none other help I know if you withdraw yourself from me where oh where can I go we've got to wrestle with ourselves and for Jacob to wrestle meant that he had to be humble Humility was necessary for Jacob to wrestle. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to be humble if you're going to wrestle. He could not care about his appearance. He could not care about his image. He could not care about getting dirty and dusty and getting down in the dirt. He had to be humble. I know he was the promised one of God and that God was going to fulfill destiny through him. But Jacob said, away with all that, God. I need you more than I need anything else. Whatever I've got to do, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I don't care how I look. I don't care if I've lose, lost my dignity and, and my self-concern and self-respect. God, I'm hungry for you. Tears were pouring down his cheeks. But he said, I don't care about somebody seeing me cry. I don't care about somebody hearing me beg. I need God. And God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my soul. Bless my soul. Bless my soul. Bless my soul. Hmm. He had to wrestle with himself. That required humility, but also it required determination and focus. Listen, if you're going to deal with God, you've got to be determined, and you've got to be focused. Hallelujah. You can't wrestle distracted. You can't wrestle casual. You're wrestling for your life, for your salvation, for your spiritual survival, for your spiritual power. And listen, you've got to get down to business to really do that thing as, as God would have you to do it. 
Some people come in church so casual. They worship so casual. Clap their hands so casual. They want everybody to see the fanciness of their moves and how they behave. And if they, if they do anything, they do it in such a way as to make people admire them rather than admiring God. But a real hungry person. The Bible says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Listen, when you're hungry, you're not proud. When you're hungry, you're not lifted up. When, you, when you're desperate for something to drink, you're not putting on. You, you listen, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry. God, I'm as the heart panteth for the water, bro. So pants my soul for thee. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. Are there any thirsty people in the house today? Are there any hungry people in the house? Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I shall be filled. Come on, clap your hands. I shall be filled. I shall be filled. I shall be filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Jacob had to put priority on the spiritual. I said he had to put priority on the spiritual. The man touched Jacob's hip. It was thrown out of joint. Jacob ended up with a handicap, with an injury. And most people, if that had happened to them, they said, listen, I'll let you go if you heal my hip. If you put my hip back where it was, I'll let you go. But Jacob said, listen, I can get to heaven with a hip out of joint. But I can't get there without your power, without your anointing. And sometimes we need to get focused on God and say, God, I can make it without money, but I can't make it without you. I can make it without friends, but I can't make it without you. Lord, if I get you, I have everything that I need. Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. He said, you might throw my hip out of joint, but I won't let you go. I'm going to hold on anyhow. I'm not going to turn you loose until you bless my soul. Listen, many things you have a legal claim to. Many things are yours. Many things you are entitled to as a child of God but you will lose them if you don't wrestle for them. You'll lose them if you don't take hold of them. Hallelujah. Why does God allow us to struggle? Why does God allow us to put forth such an effort? He makes us struggle. He makes us put forth an effort because unless our whole man is involved in the struggle, unless our body, soul, and spirit are reaching out for God, the Spirit has not been placed in charge of our lives. He wants to be in charge. He'll come in to take charge. But we've got to submit our body, our hands, our feet, our mouths, all that we are. We've got to say, Lord, I'm not going to give you part of me. But take over my life. Take over my heart. Take over my mind. We've got to wrestle. I said we've got to wrestle. Because the spirit man is strengthened by the struggle. We've got to wrestle because priority must be placed on the spiritual. We've got to wrestle because we struggle for everything else. Why not struggle for God? Struggle to praise him. Struggle to know him. Struggle to walk in his power. Struggle to walk in his might. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. Hallelujah. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. That's what God wants. God wants our bodies. God wants our submissiveness to the will of God. What's involved in this struggle? What's involved in this wrestling for God? Number one, if you want to wrestle, you've got to study the Word of God. Study the Word. The Word of God is quick 
and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. If you want to really wrestle, get in God's Word. Get in God's Word. For you know the Word. You know every wrestling move that you need to make to overcome. If you want to wrestle, obey the Word. A whole lot of folk know the Word, but they're not obeying it. But if you do the Word, if you do the book, God will perform His promise in your life. It shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, observe carefully all of His commandments. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They'll come out against you one way and they'll flee from you seven ways. Hallelujah. If you obey, he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. If you want to wrestle, you've got to have persistent faith. First John 5 and 4 says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, persistent faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So many will trust God for a moment and then they'll turn in another direction and trust another force or trust another source. But you've got to keep on trusting and relying on his word. You've got to believe him when the world is crumbling all around you. Stand on your faith and say, Lord, I believe you with all my heart and I'm going to hold on in faith. I'm going to trust you until you bring the miracle. Come on and clap your hands. Give praise. Give praise. Give praise. Give praise. Give praise. If you want to wrestle, if you want to overcome, you've got to be persistent in prayer and in fasting. Some of you have been fasting all month long, been laying this aside and laying that aside. I just came by to tell you what you've been doing is spiritual warfare. You've been putting the physical man down, lifting the spiritual man up, and God will hear your prayer. Your miracle is on the way. If you've been fasting, if you've been praying, praise God, because God is at work in your life. God is at work in your mind, in your soul. Everything is going to be all right. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. I've got to stop. I've got to close. But also, if you want to wrestle, you need the power of the Holy Ghost at work in your life. If you want to wrestle, you need to be filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the world. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it won't hurt you. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside me. I can fight any enemy for God and me. I am a majority. Tell your neighbor God and me. Our majority. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And you can't fight without the power of the Holy Ghost at work in your heart. So everybody ought to say, Lord, fill me with your power. Fill me with your anointing. Fill me with your presence. I need the Holy Ghost 
of them had to do with something they had to do with their bodies or something they had to do from their mouth or something they had to say. They had a word called toda and toda meant that you don't just stand there or sit there but you lift up your hands in cup-like manner as if to say Lord I praise you and I know you're going to pour out your spirit into my life. I'm cupping my hands so I can receive it and I can retain it. Hallelujah. So you move your hands in a cup-like manner and wait on God to do what he will do, what only God can do. And that's a way of praising him. Toda. But also they had a word called Yada. And that meant when you do that, you lift up your hands, extend them into the air. Lift up your hands. Oh, ye people, and bless the Lord. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I give up. I'm not only worshiping you in my spirit, but my body is getting involved. My hands are up. Thy will be done. Your will be done in my life. Then they had a word called the mark. Hallelujah. What's meant to praise him? on the instruments of music. Praise him, praise him. On the string instruments, praise him. In the dance, this is why we have all this stuff up here in God's house, because let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. They had a word called Tehillah which means to sing in the spirit or to be filled with the spirit or to make melody in your heart. And every once in a while, you've got to tune up and say praise the Lord. Let me hear you say praise him. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Come on, say it, bless his holy name. Come on, say it, bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Then they had another word called Barak. And Barak means to kneel, to bow, to rock back and forth, and from side to side. It's not just in your mouth. It's not just in your spirit. But every once in a while you say, body, you're not the main thing. You'd better bow down before the Lord. You'd better praise him and glorify him, praise him, because he's good. Praise him, because he's merciful. Praise him, because he's kind. Sometimes you have to walk around. Sometimes you have to wave your hand. Sometimes you've got to move back and forth. If you've never moved, there's a higher place in God, and you ought to barack the Lord every once in a while. But then when you've done that, there's another word called Shabbat. And Shabbat is a loud praise. Somebody don't get loud in church. They don't get loud till they go to the football game. They don't get loud till they go to the club. They don't get loud till they go to the stadium. But God deserves our praise. Praise Him with a loud voice that everything, everything, oh, I love you, I praise you, I bless your name, I bless your name. Then they had another word called halal, which is clamorous, foolish praise, crazy praise, hallelujah. 
Sometimes when we're praising, you might think we're praising. You might think we've lost our mind. No, we're crazy like a flock. We're crazy for Jesus. And we believe that whatever you do for anything else, you ought to do more, more, more when you praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him. Come on and bless him. Praise him. Praise him. that you're worried about I brought you to this day so you'd wrestle for it and get your healing anybody determined to be blessed tell your neighbor I'm determined to be blessed God's word says you're blessed God's word promise you'll be blessed if you have faith you can claim it you can believe it you can receive it it's yours today in the name of Jesus you can have it by the power of Almighty God. 
Come on, if you want your miracle, clap your hands, open your mouth, and give praise to God. Lift up your hands, everybody. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be set free. That burden of depression is being lifted now. In the name of Jesus. When Israel praised God, God set ambushments against their enemies. The enemies were destroyed before them. And even as you praised him, God has set ambushments against your enemies. Those things that have come against you. Those things that would have destroyed you. God is destroying them. Cancer is being destroyed. Heart trouble is being destroyed. Persistent pain in your body is being destroyed. Listen, would you give God just one more praise when I count to three? I want you to open your mouth and praise him. Come on, one, two, three. Praise him. your chest lay your hand on your chest dear Lord I pray in Jesus name even as we proclaim your word that you'll confirm the word by signs and by wonders that pain that someone felt when they came into this house I proclaim that they are delivered from it it is gone in Jesus name you're set free from it that discomfort persistent unease that you felt in your body, God is taking it away. In the name of Jesus, even lumps are being dissolved and growths are being removed in Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Come on, say, I'm healed. I'm healed. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 If you had pain, if you had pain, if you had discomfort in your body and you felt it when you came into God's house, check yourself out now. Many of you are going to find that it's gone. In Jesus' name, it's gone. That pain in the back, that pain in the stomach, it's gone in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, you're healed. Now let's testify, if it's gone, if you felt it, and you don't feel it anymore. Don't trick me, don't try to cater to me. I mean for real, if it's really gone, it was there but it's gone, you don't feel it anymore, lift up your hand and say praise the Lord. Lift up your hand if it's gone. Lift up, lift your hand up high, hold it high. Hold it high in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And not only does the Lord deal with the pain you feel, the Lord deals with conditions that you don't feel. And God has set you free from that also. And I just want everybody to give God some praise and give God glory. Praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And if there still needs that remain, I dare you to have your own private wrestling match of praise with Almighty God. I dare you to keep on calling on it. I dare you to keep on opening up the word and say, Lord, that is right there. You said you were going to do this. I dare you to step out on faith and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. 
and praise you in advance for what you've already done. Listen, the miracle is yours. I see you coming back up in here saying, Pastor, I've got my miracle in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands one more time. Hallelujah. I want to pray for somebody. I want to pray for somebody who does not know the Lord. Not saved. Your sins are not forgiven. You're not giving your life to the Lord Jesus who died for you. Who rose again from the dead. Listen, if he could rise from the dead, you need to put your life in his hands. Because if he can deal with death, there's nothing that he cannot deal with. I wouldn't want to live on this earth without God in my life. I would not want to try to cope with all the challenges of life without the Lord. And the Lord said, listen, you don't have to live this thing by yourself. I'll be with you to comfort you, to save you, to keep you, to sustain you. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine providence. God brought you here to this place on this day because he loves you, because he wants to bless you, because he wants to do something great and tremendous and wonderful in your life. The presence of the Lord is manifest in this place. The Lord wants you to reach out for him and get to know him for yourself. It's not just enough to be in good church. You need to be a part of what's going on in church in terms of the spirit of God working in your life. And I want to pray for you, and I'll pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. If you'll just raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. Lift that hand. Preacher, I need God. I want to be saved. Would you pray for me? Lift that hand if that's you. I see those hands. Lift them all over the room, wherever you may be. Preacher, I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. In the balcony, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you too. Those hands are lifted. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand. For everybody in this room that said, pray for me. For everybody, dear Lord, that's realized how bad they need you. And they're determined, dear Lord, that they're going to get their blessing. And dear Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll come into their lives, that you'll be true to your word, forgive their sins, save them from all sin, draw them to yourself, keep them as only you can in the name of Jesus. Everybody say this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm so sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done, the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior, and I give my life to him, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I thank you, Lord. I'm forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I have new life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, clap your hands and praise God for this.